Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of the Plus 3 Podcast of Nerdiness. I'm Evan. I'm Derek. And I'm Ryan. And we're here with another episode to talk about all things nerdy. So today we're going to talk about, we're going to dive into a topic that was suggested to us uh, from the Keyforge giveaway. So again, we thank you, uh, everyone that submitted suggestions. Unfortunately, through the, the giveaway, we weren't able to see who suggested what. So I can't give credit where credit is due here, but thank you, thank you everyone for doing that. Um, so we're going to be talking about superheroes later on today, but before that, as always, we're going to give you our updates and we have a lot of news to go over. It seems like a ton of stuff dropped since the last time we, uh, did one of these. So we're excited to go over all of that. Um, so let's just go ahead and get started. Ryan, what have you been up to? Um, I have played some, uh, role player and viticulture with, with you all and a couple other friends. Evan was kind enough to get a Tabletopia subscription and we were able to play a couple or one of them, I don't remember which, one of them was a premium game, um, and we were able to play that a little bit. Um, we've kind of gone over all of these games uh, in the past, but it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed playing some games, and I look forward to uh, to playing some more board games, even if it's not necessarily in person. Um, and then I've also, I played Above and Below with my mentee. I know I've mentioned him from the, the mentoring program at the, the local middle school. And he wanted to learn Keyforge next, so I'm actually kind of excited that I will have somebody to play Keyforge with on a semi-regular basis. Um, and then and that's honestly mostly what I've been up to, um, except Brianna and I have been watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, it's coming back from winter break, and so we've been trying to, to re-watch the entire series before it came back to break, and we didn't quite make it. I'm very excited for Brooklyn Nine-Nine to be back. Uh, we haven't we haven't caught any of the new episodes yet, but um, yeah, we've we've also been rewatching it uh, to try to get caught up. But I just I love that show so much; it's so great. Yeah, please I, please let me know when you get caught up. We'll do, we'll do. I was sad to see that one's not on Netflix because I wanted to watch it, but I can't. It's, oh, it's not. Uh uh-uh. it's on That's Hulu, on, right? You better yeah, bite the bullet. Better, better bite, bite the, the bullet, bullet and just get Hulu. Yeah, it's like eight, it's like eight bucks a month. Is it? Yeah, I keep I getting think. free month offers from them, so maybe one of these months I'll just binge it. Oh yeah, that'd be a good idea. And I, Derek, I haven't watched any of um, Star Trek. By the way, mm. I got I had for everyone listening, I had to get a free subscription to CBS All Access to be able to watch um, the fo- a football game over the weekend. And uh, Derek prompted me to watch uh, the new Star Trek show that's on their uh, platform, and I have yet to watch it. You're so, making a big mistake by not watching. Uh, so I've been told. <laughs> um, in other news, um, Evan, what have you been up to since we met this? Yeah, so, well, I'm going to back it up just a little bit because I forgot to mention this in the last podcast. But over a break, um, I did play one more game that I forgot to mention was Harry Potter Codenames. And I played that with my wife and her, uh, her brother and his wife. And I just wanted to bring it up because... I know we've talked about Codenames before, and I would assume a lot of people listening have probably heard of it or even played it. And if you haven't, I'd recommend checking it out because it's a great party game. But the Harry Potter version of Codenames is a little bit different, and I really enjoyed it. So I just wanted to bring it up really quick and highlight the differences. So unlike regular Codenames, the Harry Potter version is a co-op game. And um, you sit... So it's, it's normally two people, but we just played two teams of two, and that worked out fine. Uh, so the two teams sat on opposite ends of the table, and like in regular code names, you have your little cards with a word on them, and they're arranged in a grid. And you're trying to get the other person, or in our case, the other team, to guess uh, certain words and to avoid certain other words. Uh, the difference is the little key card that shows which words are good and which ones are bad is double-sided, and each side is different. So um, you set that right in the middle, and obviously I can see one side, and the other team can see the other side. And so on my turn, I'm trying to get them to guess based on what my key says. And on their turn, they're trying to get uh, my team to guess based on what their key says. So again, just like regular code names, you give one word hints and then a number uh, for the amount of pictures or words that it relates to in the grid. And when you get one right, 
you take a little cardboard piece and you cover it up. And after you've used up all the cardboard pieces, there's, I don't remember exactly how many, but uh, once you've used up a certain amount, you win the game. Uh, just like regular code names too, there's some like bad ones that you don't want your partners to guess. And if you guess one of those, you lose the game. The kind of cool thing though, is because the keys are different, um, you are, you could potentially cover up one that would make you lose so like let's say on my side it was it was a good one and on their side of the key it was a bad one if i got them to guess it then i would cover that space up and then i would never be able to guess that again which if i guess it on their turn would cause us to lose so uh there's some kind of cool little interactions there i guess but anyway we really enjoyed it um i would definitely recommend it um then a couple other things that i did like ryan mentioned uh we got that subscription to tabletopia and we've had a lot of fun with that um i'm excited to try a few more one of the things that's cool about that is that uh games that aren't even released are coming out to that so we mentioned wingspan last time which is we i still really like and want to play that again but i've been looking at chai which is a game that's been on kickstarter and um that one's on tabletopia and i think we're going to try that one here pretty soon so uh, hopefully we'll have an update for you on that one soon, but it looks really fun. Um, then I also had an office game night. Uh, so we played a game called Realm of Wonder, which I had never heard of. And actually my coworker that brought it had never heard of it until he got it for Christmas. But it was kind of interesting. It's like um, it's a uh, it's a game set in, the, in like a fantasy setting. And it's I guess it's kind of like a take that type of game, but it's not like, say, Munchkin or... Um, anything like that where it's just cards there's an actual board and you're moving your character around the board and it's got this kind of cool mechanism where there's these three different layers and the rings on the board and they can rotate so like you could be going the take that portion is you, you're trying to get to the center and you can play you can play cards that rotate the ring so if your opponent's about to get to the center or whatever you could play a ring that'll rotate or play a card that'll rotate the ring and like change the paths to the center so then they can no longer go on that path um, so I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of those style of games, but I actually kind of like this one because it wasn't, it wasn't quite as directly trying to screw each other over. There was still, I mean, there's some of it, but there's still, you could kind of play your own game. So I liked it. It was fun. Uh, then we also played some smash, uh, super smash brothers. And, uh, we had seven people. And then one of my coworkers also brought his amiibo. So we had like seven players plus an amiibo player, which I had never played with an amiibo player before, but it was kind of cool how they like learn and level up. Uh, so I kind of want to go get an amiibo now, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, I, but got anyway. a couple, I got a couple of amiibos for Christmas and I haven't I haven't tried it out yet with, uh, with scanning them in and leveling them up and stuff. I think it'll be fun though. Yeah, it was a cool concept. He was destroying us though. It was embarrassing. Um, he being the amiibo. But anyway, um, that was a lot of fun. Eight-player Smash is pretty chaotic, but still fun. Um, then I also have been starting to watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood because I saw that that was on Amazon Prime. And I have watched Full Metal Alchemist back in the day, but I have never watched Brotherhood. And I always heard that it was better. So once I saw it, I decided to, to start watching. I've only watched a couple episodes, but so far I'm liking it. I'm not a huge anime guy, but I've watched some of the bigger ones like Full Metal Alchemist and, and Dragon Ball. Z, I guess, and uh, I don't know. I like, I guess I like the more popular ones. I, I'm not super into it, but uh, if there's a good one, I'll watch it. Um, then finally, I have been, of course, playing more Keyforge. Uh, the thing that I'm excited about with Keyforge is that uh, official events are starting up now, like FFG sanctioned events, and they're calling these chain events. And I don't quite know the specifics, I just know that. It's supposed to be like a regular thing for game stores and when you go you'll like register the deck that you're using and the amount of wins that you get throughout the evening will determine how many chains your decks get and that will stay so like if i were to go to an event and pick up two chains the next time i go i'm going to start each match with two chains um so i'm hoping to get to one of those next week i think there's a store here that's doing them on thursdays which is usually our Adventures of Middle-Earth night, but I, it seems like we're probably not going to do it next week, so I'm going to try to get out to uh, my local game store and play some Keyforge, if that's the case. So uh, that's pretty much all I have. Derek, what have you been up to? 
Well, first of all, I just want to say that the chain events, that sounds awesome. That sound, seems like a really good way to keep the uh, OP decks uh, from just dominating because eventually they'll get so many chains on them that they won't be viable, I would think, yeah. and you would have to find something new to play, Yeah, which really. I guess could could drive some people away because that was the whole point is like you don't have to buy more decks. But I don't know. I, I think it will keep it fresh and it'll keep from, you know, the shadow disc decks from dominating everything hey the the uh the deck that won the event last night i wasn't at it but i know some people that were it was not shadows disc it was uh i think it was shadows untamed logos maybe or sanctum i can't sanctum i think all right whatever whatever <laughs> probably, it's probably because nobody had a shadow disc deck there that's, oh, maybe. that's what i'm gonna take next week if i go so yeah. we'll see what happens yeah well congrats getting all your chains thanks <laughs> <laughs> but no, I uh, the first thing that happened was I got Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe for the Switch. Um, great game. It came out for the Wii U, but nobody bought a Wii U, so nobody played this game. So this is a re uh, a relaunch of that game on Switch. Um, it plays, uh, you know, like with the the overworld uh, Mario world where you're moving around to different levels. Um, it it feels very good. The platforming's awesome. Um, at first, it's a little floaty um, compared to what you might be used to with a Mario game. But once you get used to it, uh, the mechanics are really tight. Um, the platforming is really good. Uh, it's got all the extra challenges of collecting coins in every level and finding all the secret areas. And it's got you know all that stuff you would want out of a Mario game. Um, I've beat the main game and now I'm working on the Luigi version, which was like a, a DLC for it. Um, so it's got a harder difficulty and um, the level time is down to 100 seconds rather than 400 seconds. Um, so it makes it a lot more difficult, but I'm working through that. Um, Sid and I kind of went on a Marvel binge. We watched Infinity War, Black Panther, and Thor Ragnarok last weekend. Oh, so that nice. was great. Yeah, it was awesome. So this weekend, I don't know, it's supposed to be really cold. Maybe we'll get in some Guardians and um, and watch some of the other ones. Maybe Ant-Man and the Wasp. I haven't rewatched that one in a while. Um, but yeah, so it just brought up the fact, again, with how much I like Thor Ragnarok, and Evan has to give it a second shot. Yeah, he does. Just come on, Evan. Uh, I I want to. I just haven't had time yet. Mm-hmm. The problem mm-hmm. is that um, my my wife doesn't really like it, and I I don't blame her. I don't really either. But I think I would be more willing to give it a second chance. So I'm gonna have to do it sometime when she's doing something else. But right, I don't know. Right. I've, we've we already talked about all this other stuff I have to watch. When am I gonna get in something that's not that good? Oof. You are the worst all right (laughs) anyway moving on uh i'm i've been watching the final season of gotham and i'm really enjoying it uh for any of you that have tried gotham and walked away from it uh i i almost walked away from it last season it got too over the top too cheesy uh but this last season the way they've set everything up um the city is essentially split into a bunch of factions and it's kind of a free-for-all and it feels like um uh, Arkham it was it Arkham City, Batman Arkham yeah. City. Yeah, yeah, it feels a lot like that. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, they they've they finally established all of the villains now, so they all have they all have a, a depth to their character, and they can all have their own little faction. And they've really redeemed it because this is going to be the final season, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, I also. Um, think wednesday night uh maybe it was tuesday uh the magicians season four premiered and so i've uh i watched that one as it as it happens and i love the magicians and they've really taken it to a new level um they've moved away from the books quite a bit they've diverged but i'm okay with that i i like to see it as its own entity and i like where they've gone with it um i got uh this is a really exciting one for me. I finally got uh, Marvel Unlimited uh, to work on my phone. And so now I'm reading way more comics. Uh, Marvel Unlimited is a subscription-based service uh, that essentially gives you the entire backlog of Marvel comics. Um, you don't always get uh, new comics right away. It might take about uh, six months unless there's something they're really trying to push and promote. They'll make that free. But uh, 
for my purposes, this is all the comics I could ever want or need. And um, now that it's on my phone, I can just be chilling on the couch or laying in bed and just pull up a comic and pick right up where I left off. Um, it's been really good. I'm currently reading the all new Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a run in uh, 2017. But it, it's the main like Guardians cast from the movies. And they just bring in a lot of cameos and they're flying all over the place. And it's a lot of fun. The The art uh, is very, very like retro 90s neon colors. Uh, it's it's cool. I really like it. Um, but yeah, I, I, if any of you out there are interested in getting into comics, I highly recommend Marvel Unlimited. Uh, you can do monthly monthly uh, or or pay for a year and it, it ends up being like four or five bucks a month. It's not not awful. Um and I really enjoy the service. Uh, finally, last night, we played Adventures in Middle-Earth. And we had what I'm going to go ahead and say is probably one of the coolest experiences I've ever had in an RPG. Um, I think we had talked about the maps before, didn't we, guys? In a past um, episode? I don't remember. Let's just remind okay, people well, if we did Okay, yeah. so so we were all given a, a package or a, an envelope from our, our uh, DM and told not to open it until prompted. Well, once we got into the game, we found this chest, and um, we ended up opening the chest, and then we were prompted to open the map. Well, we open, we all open, or, or sorry, open our packages. We all open the envelopes, and there's a map in there. Now, the map for five of us is written in Dwarven runes. Uh, for our dwarf, we, we each got a copy of the map. And for our dwarf, it's written in English because he speaks Dwarven and he could read all of that, which was super thematic and in the first place. And there's a riddle listed on it. There's also a symbol that uh, with a moon phase at the bottom. So we figure out that these it's, uh, it's moon runes and we have to be uh, reading the map in the specific moonlight of a certain time of year. So that was two weeks ago. Then last night we were playing again and there were two parts to the packages that we all got. There was a map and then a small uh, duct taped envelope that we were not supposed to open yet. Well, we got to the correct moon moonlight last night and we were all told to open our duct wrapped, uh, duct, duct tape wrapped envelopes. And we all had tiny black lights in our envelopes and when you pointed the black light at the map uh our dm had used uv ink to simulate the moon runes showing up in the moonlight and it was so cool and so thematic and uh i got goosebumps when it happened like it was just it was so neat yeah um Very i don't know what you guys thought it was it was yeah, so it cool. was it was really awesome mm -hmm. yeah so that was that was our night last night. Like it was such a, a big, like climactic moment. It was really cool. All right. Well, that will wrap up uh, our updates. And I think we're going to hop right into all the news because we have so much news to get through here. Um, so first up, uh, Yoshi's Crafted World has a release date officially. It will be March 29th for the Switch. Um, there's some gameplay videos out about uh, Yoshi's Crafted World, and I'm pretty excited. It, it gives me a little Big Planet vibe. There's a lot of like interacting with the landscape, and you every time you eat an opponent or eat an enemy, it will pop up a, uh, as an egg behind you, and so you'll have like this trail of eggs behind you, and you can then pull those eggs, and you get a little target reticle on your screen, and you can throw the eggs at different. Um, environments to interact with them or to throw them at enemies and defeat them. It just, it has that little big planet feel and, and it looks like it's going to be cool. Evan, have you had a chance to look at this at all? Are you going to be getting this one when it comes out? Um, I saw the, the Treehouse live or whatever that they did. Um, I don't know. That was back in November. I think I haven't really watched anything since then. Um, I did think it looked really cool. I don't know that I'm going to get it right away. I guess I forgot to mention this in my update, but my, my video game playing right now has been like really sporadic and I can't decide what I want to play and I'm bouncing between like five games. So I don't know. I don't know if I need to add another one to the list right now, but I think that and um, the Mario game you mentioned before are ones that I will get eventually. Yeah. Yep. And that might be me too. It'll depend on where I'm at in March. And I mean, it, it looks really fun. It's definitely a game I'll have eventually, whether or not I'll get it at launch. We'll, we'll find out. 
Um, next up, uh, Fantasy Flight Games had a big announcement that I'm going to let Evan talk about. Yeah. All right. So uh, a couple weeks ago, Fantasy Flight announced a new Lord of the Rings game. Um, so Fantasy Flight owns the Lord of the Rings license, and they've put out a couple of games. I know that they do um, the living card game and stuff like that. But this one that they announced here is going to be a miniatures game. So the name of the game is Journeys in Middle-Earth, and it is a co-op app-supported miniatures game. So I don't know a ton of details about it yet. They haven't released a lot of details. Like the, I don't think the release date is out or anything like that yet, but they have shown some pictures of the miniatures, and they look really cool, and they've kind of talked about how the gameplay will work from a really high level. So what you'll do is you're going to uh, take a, a character from the Lord of the Rings so you can play as Aragorn or you can play as Bilbo or Frodo. And then um, that's going to give you a certain like deck of cards. And then you can also choose a role. So you can be like the burglar or the, I don't know, like a hunter, I guess. And I think the interesting thing is that you can mix and match that however you want. So I don't know if you could have like Bilbo be the hunter. doesn't sound quite right, but maybe you could. I don't know. Um so anyway, you're going to get some more ability cards from that, and then you'll make like your deck based on those two things together. And it sounded like the combat was based on these cards. I don't know if there's any dice rolling or anything like that, but to me that sounds kind of fun because like every game does dice rolling for combat, right? So I think it'd be cool to have uh, this different mechanic, I guess. And I don't really exactly know how the app is going to work, but I know they've done things like this that in the past, like Imperial Assault has an app now. Um, so I'm really excited to see more about this one. I think it's going to be another one of those games where, uh, I would be more interested if I knew I had people to play with, like if the three of us lived close enough to each other and we could commit to playing it once a month or whatever, I'd be all on board, but I don't know. I, I, yeah, I want it. That's, that's yeah. what I'm struggling with is I, it looks incredible yes, and I have, I have Imperial Assault and, uh, it's it's super fun, but playing playing solo is just not the same as playing with a group. And what I will say about the app is it it makes it so you can have a thematic experience, uh, like even playing solo without one person having to like know what's coming up. The app like tells you what the setup is for the for the level, and as you move through, like you plug in like what creatures are killed, and it will react to that and. Uh, it will tell you how the enemies move and it's all programmed. You don't have to do any of that. Like it'll just tell you uh, if this happens, then this enemy does that. Or if this happens, this enemy does that. And it, it's really neat. And so I'm assuming it's going to be along the same lines um, with, uh, with journeys in middle journey in middle earth. And it looks so cool, but again, I don't have the, the group to play it with, but you know, I don't know. Maybe I maybe I snag this. Maybe I play it solo. And the minis look really good. So once yeah, I get into, once I start painting minis, then uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll pick this up. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know if Fantasy Flight needs more of my money or not. Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So uh, that is uh, Journeys in Middle Earth uh, from Fantasy Flight Games. We don't have a release date yet, but it'll be sometime in 2019, I think, right? And I, I believe yeah. so. And I think they yeah. announced the price of the starter set would be, or like the core would be 100 bucks. I'm pretty yep. sure. That's that's pretty standard for them. I think that's how much Imperial Salt MSRP was as well. So, yeah, cool. Um, next up, we got a uh, Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. Uh, Ryan, you want to tell us about it? Yeah, I'm very excited about Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, our friend Peter Parker goes to Europe, and while he's in Europe, he uh, gets to deal with some of the four elementals. Um, Mysterio, who's played by Jake Gyllenhaal, I'm very excited about that. Um, and I think, when does it come out? Is it, oh, it's on here. Uh, the 5th of July, it comes out. Um, are you guys excited? Oh, man. So pumped. I the, I think the thing I'm most excited about is Mysterio. Oh, it's going to be awesome. He's such a, <laughs> he's such a weird, cool villain. Yeah. And, and, and Jay looks, Gyllenhaal's perfect. Right, perfect. exactly. Because, uh, like, in, in the comics, uh, Mysterio has no superpowers. He's just mm -hmm. a stuntman who, like, uses all these special effects. And so it looks like Jake Gyllenhaal has that personality, but he actually might have some superpowers. Ooh. So, yeah, it looked like he, like, was doing some Doctor Strange type stuff. Uh, yeah, that could have been special effects. 
Yeah, well, yeah, 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 and it very well could have been. So we'll see. But yeah, I, I, oh, I'm really pumped. Well, the thing about the trailer too is that it looked like Mysterio was like fighting the, the elemental. So I'm trying to remember the comics. I, I've read a bunch of the original Spider-Man comics, and I read the one many years ago where Mysterio was introduced. And I want to say that that's kind of how he introduced himself was that he was like pretending to be a good guy and yes. using these special effects to pretend to be a good guy, but then was doing crimes behind the scenes or something. I don't remember exactly. Um, yes. So it kind of looks like they're going for that kind of vibe, but we'll see. It, it, I'm pretty excited about it too, though. I, I think I mentioned this before, but the one thing that has me a little weird about it is that I feel like the tone is going to be so, I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what it's like because like it's going to be right after. Kind of well, yeah, it's going to yeah. be right after Endgame, and you know, Endgame is going to be pretty intense. And then we get a Spider-Man movie, but maybe I mean, I would assume it'll address that. So yeah, I, I would think yeah. Well, and you see that he in the in the trailer he doesn't take his suit to Europe. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm wondering if he's like, I, I mean, I talked to you about this. I'm wondering if you know if start if if iron man dies or something and he is over it and he doesn't want to be spider-man anymore and and i i hope they deal with that i hope they i mean i hope it's heavy at the beginning yeah i could see it that being the case so i'm excited about it all right uh that releases on july 5th uh we'll be watching stranger things at that point um (laughs) (laughs) yes um, Next up, the Overwatch Lunar New Year event is happening right now, um, and it features many Dynasty Warriors skins for characters. Uh, you have like a Lu Bu uh, skin for Reaper, a Guan Yu skin for Reinhardt. Uh, there's a bunch of them, and this event will run from January 24th through February 18th. And all I know is I really want these skins, and now I also really want to go back and play Dynasty Warriors. And I know Ryan, you were like, you were like interested in Overwatch again just because of these skins. Yeah, I never thought that the day would come, um, but I it, it did. It made me interested. But I know that I realistically I would have no chance to to get any cool skin, and then me playing beyond that is just not going to happen. <laughs> Uh, but I think they're. I think it's fantastic. I think it's really cool, and it did also make me want to go back and play Dynasty Warriors. I actually looked into seeing what it would cost to get it from the PS4. Right. I need. To, I think I need to pull my PS2 out of storage yeah, and, no and get that thing fired up. Because oh man, I love that. I love those games. I just, you just run around and button mash, and it's just you know. Yep. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well. Oh, go ahead. Real quick, yeah. I, right before we started recording, I saw some more Overwatch news, actually. Uh, Ooh. For the first time, so it's, what, three years old now? Two, well, almost three years old. Almost three. And uh, they are doing their first price reduction, permanent price reduction. Did you see that? I did not. Yep. It's uh, $40 for the base game, and it's always been $40, which was great when it came out because it was you know a little less than the normal 60 And even though I don't play anymore, I definitely got my $40 worth out of it. Um but they're reducing it to $20 for the base game. And then I want to say that the like special edition, which comes with some skins and stuff is, uh, is now 40, but I don't know if that's effective immediately or if it's coming up pretty soon here. But, um, Wait. if you haven't played and you want to torture yourself, there you go. <laughs> no, oh, I, like yeah. I said, it's a great game. I enjoyed it for what it was. I just don't like it anymore. But, um, if you haven't tried it and you've been interested and, uh, now's probably a good time. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've definitely gotten a great return on investment from it, and I really like that. I really like their business model. I've paid forty dollars for this game, and I have not spent a cent uh, since then. And they, they sell the loot boxes, and think what you want about loot boxes. But for all those people that want to buy the loot boxes, if it lets me get new content for three years on a game I paid forty dollars for, more power to them. So I've been pretty happy with how Blizzard has handled all this. Um, next up, uh, this one is uh, near and dear to my heart. It's a game called War Groove. Um, so it got a cinematic trailer, and it has a release date of February 1st. Um, so this game is a Fire Emblem or Advanced Wars-style uh, turn-based strategy game, which is right in my wheelhouse. I loved those games. I loved Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, you know, I, I love a turn-based strategy game. Um, and so this is from the the guy that did uh, Stardew Valley. So Chucklefish is the, the company. 
And so the, he's got a pretty good uh, track record with this type of stuff. Um, the game will also feature online multiplayer, level creation mode, and a full crap, full uh, cross-platform support on day one, which is awesome because this will be releasing on Steam, uh, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. So it, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, it would be as if we could, pl- I mean, we'd be playing Fire Emblem against one another, which is a pretty cool prospect. Hmm. I don't know. Have you guys heard about this game at all, or am I just springing this on you? You're just springing it on me, but I'm really interested. Yeah, it, it looks really cool. It has that, like, that retro, like, 16-bit feel to it, oh, like, yeah. as far as the graphics go. It's very, um, very simplistic graphics, but very... Uh, there's a lot of a lot of tactical depth in there. There's a lot of depth to the gameplay. It's got four different factions that you can play as, and a bunch of different like commanders that give you different uh, abilities for those factions. So you're on a like a an over an overworld of like a, a a battlefield, and you're just moving all of your troops around and trying to take out the other team. Um, yeah. So that's uh, that's Wargroove, and it'll cost 19.99, and it releases on February 1st. That's cool. Yeah, I like uh, uh, so so full cross platform support. You know, if that's counting PS4, we'll be able to go to everything. I believe so. Yep, I believe that's cool. so. I yeah, um, I'm not a huge Fortnite fan, but I think we can all, as a gaming community, at least thank Fortnite for the headway that they've made in that department. Because yes. for years, Sony was so hesitant to open it up, and like Rocket League, for example, they had pc to ps4 support and pc to nintendo uh to switch and xbox 360 so if you were with if you were with a ps4 person you couldn't get through um sorry xbox one and uh switch so they just like sony was putting up this wall basically and they finally backed down on that so rocket league it's either already uh full cross-platform now or it's going to be soon and i think Fortnite was probably officially the first to do that uh, to get them to change their policy. So I'm glad to see more games doing that. I think that's just good for the community or for the, the gaming community, I guess. Yeah, for sure. It's a, yep. it's a big, big step forward. Um, Evan, you want to talk about a little, uh, a little leak for the switch? Sure. So uh, subscribers to Nintendo switch online, get access to what's basically the, what are they, what do they even call that? app um retro retro i don't yeah. remember what it's called they get access to this retro game app which is basically this generation's version of virtual console but instead of having to buy each title individually like you had to on the wii and the wii u um, they just give subscribers automatic access to whatever games they choose i guess so so far it's only been um nes games nintendo entertainment system so like the original nes and they'd have like zelda and uh zelda 2 super mario brothers i think probably one two and three are all on there and um that's cool i mean i i don't know i didn't really ever play nes that much i think it was just a little bit before our time and i know some of you guys have probably derek i know you've gone back and played a lot of those games so you probably have more of a nostalgic feeling towards those but i personally don't so i've barely even touched that part of um of my switch but a big leak happened a couple weeks ago, and I think it was from people were digging into the code and they found some some strings based on these new games that are coming out. And there's a bunch of uh, Super Nintendo games that were announced in that. Um, so I'll just go through some little list, um, pick out some that look good to me. There's Super Mario Kart, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, Yoshi's Island, Star Fox, uh, Super Mario World, um, super punch out just a bunch of classics and in fact a lot of them are on the snes classic um so i'm really excited about this i don't know what the plan is to roll them out i don't know if we'll get them all at once or if they're going to roll them out slowly i would guess the latter but um hopefully that'll be coming soon because then i think i will actually start to use my uh virtual console on my switch yeah for sure i mean this is a big deal for me um, I mean, I am a collector of retro video games. I have all the old systems, um, and I try to collect the games for them. But as you know, some of the more popular games are very, very expensive and hard to find in good condition. So, like, then, and then you have the option of, like, well, then there's the NES Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic. Well, I was lucky enough to get an NES Classic for Christmas, but I don't want to go spend $80 on a Super Nintendo when I've already poured a lot of money into 
you know, collecting these games. But then again, like I, there are games, I mean, Secret of Mana goes for a hundred dollars. Uh, Chrono Trigger goes for a hundred dollars. I, I, I'm not going to go buy those games. So this is nice to have that option. Uh, I'm sure those will be games that are coming to the switch uh, eventually. Uh, and then there's the original Mario Kart, which is one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I will definitely be using this if these games are indeed coming to the switch. I would ask Ryan's opinion on it, but you know, I mean, actually it's a really cool thing. I just don't have a switch. I mean, you know, I mean, if there's ever a, a, you know, a fire sale on a switch, I might have to. <laughs> if they're just throwing, up. if they're just throwing switches out. Ryan yeah. Take one. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, moving on, we've got some board game news. Uh, Corinth is a new roll and write game from Days of Wonder. Um, so in Corinth, you're going to be a merchant in the Mediterranean. Very exciting. Uh, it's a pretty common board game theme. Uh, but in this game, you are going to have roll and write mechanics as well as action selection, and you're going to be delivering uh, your goods. So I'm pretty excited about this. Like I, I like roll and writes. We've all talked about roll and writes, but now they're starting to incorporate like other board game mechanics into the roll and write, which is pretty neat. So each player will have their own like action board and you'll be rolling dice in the center and then, and, and using those dice to take different actions. And uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be really cool and it's days of wonder. So, you know, that's going to be a pretty solid game. Um, It's set to release in May and it has a $25 MSRP. Um, Have you guys had a chance to take a look at this at all? Uh, no, I have not, but I'm just reading about it. I'm pretty excited. Um, I'm probably going to, well, if you don't get it or Evan doesn't get it, I'll, I'll probably get it myself. Um, and I I'm, I think rolling rights are going to be the new new mechanic for a while, the hot mechanic. I'm good with that. I'm very yeah, good with that. Me too. So is it a rolling right that you actually roll, or is it a rolling right that you draw, like Welcome to? Uh, I, it's a roll and write that you, you roll, um, I'm assuming you write. Okay, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> There's not a lot of information on out yet. Okay, cool. Um, I think it's supposed to release in Europe in March and then in the U S in May. So as, as we get closer to that March date, we'll probably get more info on it and maybe some yeah. screenshots and stuff. Um, Sweet. so we can definitely update you guys with, uh, with any new info we get on that one. Um, next up, Dice Forge is getting its first expansion with Dice Forge Rebellion. Um, the expansion is going to include new dice upgrades, new exploit cards, and a new uh, like a labyrinth map that uh, lets players go through and get different bonuses. And you try to navigate the the labyrinth to the center, and then you have a showdown with the Minotaur, which is pretty cool and thematic. Um, you guys haven't had a chance to play Dice Forge, have you? No, unfortunately, not yet. Okay. No, right. I have not either. I I really dig this game. Um, my only complaint with it is is maybe the lack of variety. So I think this will be a really good addition to it. Um, it'll have different uh, dice faces that you can. It's like this is the one with uh, where the die faces are like little Lego pieces. Um, so it'll have different different upgrades for your dice. It'll have different cards that you. They're called um, heroic exploits. So essentially, you're like going and defeating all of these like mythical beasts, like Medusa and and you know that type of stuff. So that will kind of lend itself well to the labyrinth uh, that they're adding too. And I, I'm interested to see what that'll look like. But this is coming out in February, so very soon, uh, and it'll have a $35 MSRP. Uh, but Dice Forge is always up on Amazon for it. It's as it's an Asthma Day game, so it will be listed well below that MSRP. So I might have to snag this one. Um, next up, uh, we got some uh, digital board game news that I'm going to let Evan talk about. All right, so Direwolf Digital has announced several upcoming digital games, and some of them are pretty big names. So um, included on that list are uh, Mage Knight. Root, which is getting a ton of hype for the last, I don't know, since it came out, I guess. And uh, Sagrada, which is one that we've all played and, and we all enjoy. So um, I don't know exactly how the pricing is going to be for any of these. If they're selling them in a 
hack or if they are individual or what. Uh, but I would say with a lot of these games that they've announced, I'm pretty excited about. Um, I know I've been wanting to try Root for a long time, but it's another one of those games that's pretty heavy. And I think it's probably a pretty long one from what I've heard. So it's like, I'm probably never going to buy that, a physical copy of that, because I don't think it would ever get to the table. Um, and if it did, it would be maybe once a year when I see these guys. So, um, you know, if it's like an individual buy thing, maybe I'll pick up the, the copy of Root and we'll get a, a digital version of that in. Um, I will say, though, I I like that there's a lot of board game digital options coming to board games. I mean, you've got Tabletop Simulator, you've got um, Tabletopia, you've got some of these other things like uh, Direwolf Digital and Osmonday has their own thing that they've been doing digital games, but there's a lot of options out there now, and I feel like eventually you're just going to be like, I mean, I don't know, i got to pay a subscription over here and then buy them individually over here, and it could get a little messy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's going to turn uh, into a streaming situation all over yeah, again. It will. Well, and, and that's and that's where you know you just have to do your research and figure out what games you actually want and actually want to tr- to to try and play. Um, yeah. And and you know the the market will fight back. You know if if there's an overload and people don't want to pay that money, the they're going to have to figure it out and make it more affordable. So uh, yeah. I think it's I think it's only good news at this point to get yeah. the, all these yeah, options definitely. out there. And I think that as they come out, it's kind of like you said, I mean, I think the quality will keep getting better. And I don't know. I know that the three of us were a little hesitant to board game digitally for a while and it's still nowhere near. Well, I shouldn't say nowhere. It's still not as good as being in person because nothing is right. But uh, I don't know. The last couple of times we've played, I've had a blast. I know when we played Viticulture last weekend, I, I had pretty much just as much fun as when we were in person. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see more of these come out for sure. Absolutely. Um, all right. Finally, we have uh, some not great news. Uh, Metroid Prime 4 for Switch has been delayed. Uh, Nintendo put out a video announcement this morning with their head of development. Um, development has been turned over to Retro Games, who worked on the original Metroid Prime that was released in on GameCube in 2002. Uh, but yeah, they're basically starting over on development and there's no timetable for release they said it's going to be a long time before they post any more updates um i guess there's there's two ways to look at this you know yes it's disappointing that this game is being scrapped and started starting over from the beginning but also i would rather that than have a bad game and have you know have a bad metro game uh, metroid game come out um so all in all, I think it's probably for the best, uh, and we will look forward to Metroid Prime Four someday, probably twenty twenty five. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Well, hopefully a little sooner than that. But. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that will do it for the news. So now I'm going to turn it over to Evan for our superhero discussion. All right. So, like I said before, this is a suggestion. It's a slightly modified suggestion, but one of the suggestions that we got from the giveaway. Um, again, I wish I could say thank you to the actual listener that gave the suggestion, but you know who you are, so thank you. Uh, we're excited to talk about this. So we're going to change it a little bit. The actual suggestion was favorite Marvel superhero, and I believe that yeah, Derek and Ryan still followed the rule, but I just had to be a rule breaker. Um, so uh, I think we will uh, jump into that. So we're just going to talk about our favorite superhero. We're going to maybe mention a few stories Um of that superhero that we like and talk about why they're our favorite and uh, have some discussion based on that. So Ryan, do you want to start us off with your favorite hero? Yeah, I do. My favorite hero um, is Daredevil. Um, And I could maybe put Derek's favorite hero up there as well. Um, But I'm going to go with Daredevil. And I like, what I like most is I like how gritty um, he is, he's kind of, it's a little different. The, the defenders in general are a little different than the rest of at least Marvel's universe of, of superheroes. Um, and I would say my favorite stories, um, of, of daredevils are born again, um, the last hand and roulette. And if you know anything about him, you'll know that there's a common theme that they're all written by Frank Miller. Um, and that's, um, who they based, um, the stories for, the, the Daredevil show on is what some of the, the writings of Frank Miller 
Um, and it, I just, I enjoy them a lot. Um, I actually uh, Tarantino'd it a little bit when I got into it. I actually read Born Again, which actually takes place um, after Last Hand and Roulette, before I read um, those other stories. So I kind of knew what had happened and, and kind of where he ended up. Um, but it was it was good to read um, um, where he goes. Um, and so so in those stories, um, I, that's that's what I've enjoyed most um, with Daredevil. And I know Derek, just in discussion with who my favorite superhero was, mentioned Yellow. Um, and that's that's a story series that I really want to read. I don't know if Derek has any input on that. And then also uh, The Man Without Fear is another one that's that's very interesting to me as well. Yellow is is incredible. The art style, everything. I mean, it, it yellow is Daredevil to me. Like okay. that, it's it's essential Daredevil. Yeah, you're really Perfect. gonna enjoy it. Yep, it's great. It's great. Um, I haven't read much Daredevil myself. I like I mentioned before, I've read some quite a few Spider-Man comics, and there was at least one crossover with Daredevil, and it was really good. So, and that was, I mean, we're talking like nineteen early sixties comics here so they're a little bit probably different style but still um i did enjoy that so i i think i'm gonna have to check out some of these ones that you mentioned here because i it's been a long time since i've read a really good like graphic novel series i guess so uh, i'm kind of intrigued by that yeah the man without fear as a graphic novel series is one i'm kind of intrigued by as well and I, i need to read that i'm surprised i haven't um and i know evan kind of broke the rule of what the suggestion was if you want to fill us in on your favorite hero sure before I do that, though, I will I'll follow the rule and I'll say if I was gonna pick a favorite Marvel superhero, <laughs> I would pick Spider Man. And it's like like I said before, uh, it's because I read a bunch of those when I was younger. I have the collections of like the first hundred Amazing Spider Man. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, comics. Yes, comics. <laughs> I can't think of the, uh, the first one hundred that came out. So um, I really like those, but. I had to go with a different hero, and um, he is a DC hero, and you can probably guess because he's basically everybody's. My favorite superhero is Batman. Um, I know that he's the the common pick. Everybody loves Batman, or at least most people do, but I just had to pick him because I have read so many good Batman stories over the years. There was a, a period in college where I was just uh, either buying or doing like an interlibrary loan to get as many Batman graphic novels as I could. So, um, I don't know. I just love, I love the character. I feel like they can do so much with, uh, with his character and, you know, his moral dilemmas. And I think there's a lot of philosophical issues you can get into. In fact, I own a book called Batman and philosophy. That's really interesting. One of my, (laughs) one of my college professors actually wrote a chapter for it, which is really cool. Um, so, uh, a few of the stories that I really like, I think it, it kind of starts with, um, again, with Frank Miller, uh, as an author, uh, he, I've always heard good things about the, the daredevil books that Ryan brought up and I can, I can attest personally to the Batman ones that he wrote. So he wrote year one. Uh, so Batman year one is a, um, it was released in the eighties and I, I feel like I'm trying to remember exactly. I think that, uh, he kind of reimagined Batman back from I mean, it had started coming back to, you know, obviously we there's the campy Batman stage with Adam West and all the really, the comics were pretty campy too and cheesy and all that stuff. Um, and maybe it was starting to swing back, but I think Frank Miller was the one that really took Batman and made him more of a dark and complex character. Uh, so year one is about his first year as, as a superhero, as Batman. And it talks about, it's actually where a lot of Batman Begins gets its material from. So it talks about like the mob families and his um, desire to take out organized crime. Um, So that, it's very good. I I highly recommend that if you haven't read it. And then another Frank Miller one that it's very good is The Dark Knight Returns. And this is a um, kind of alternate reality, alternate future type of situation. So it's not really in the main continuity of comics, which... I don't know. I don't know if DC has that great of continuity anyway, but um, anyway, it's kind of a hypothetical, like what if Batman had retired? So it's set um, like 10 years after Batman has completely disappeared and he he's no longer... Bruce Wayne is like handicapped basically or almost handicapped from all the injuries that he took. And like the Joker has been in jail and he's in this catatonic state because... Batman doesn't exist so like he doesn't see a reason for him to do 
his thing anymore. And I don't know. It just talks about his like return to being a superhero and, and all this stuff. It's, it's very good. Uh, and there's also a sequel. I think there's two sequels now, actually. I haven't read the second one, but they're not quite as good, but they're still pretty good. Um, and then just a couple other ones that I've read, uh, the long Halloween, which isn't by Frank Miller, but it serves as a somewhat sequel to year one. And that one's really fun just because it goes through a lot of the villains. And one thing that's cool about Batman is that he has a really great, uh, cast of villains. And this one features them all. It seems like in one form or another, um, so I really enjoy that one. It's got a great story about uh, this Halloween killer that, or holiday killer, I guess, that goes around killing people on uh, holidays, and and he like themes the killing after the holiday, and so Batman's trying to figure out who the ho- the holiday killer is, and so it's it really shows the detective part of Batman, which I I always appreciate. Um, and then finally, one more that I wanted to mention. I think it's just a it's a very small one. It's I think it was just a couple. Uh, individual comics when it first released but it's called um the killing joke and it's by alan moore who's another one of my favorite uh comic book authors and it's about um it kind of goes a little bit further into the joker's backstory than we've ever gotten before and i think a lot of the joker from that particular series is what they based the joker from the dark knight on so I know that Heath Ledger, that, that was one of his main source materials. So um, I don't know. It, it's kind of dark. It's it's where, uh, well, I, I won't spoil kind, it. Kind of dark. It's pretty dark. <laughs> but it's uh, it's very good. It's They've made, um, I think for almost all of these that I mentioned, Year One, The Dark Knight Returns, and um, The Killing Joke, they've made animated movies about as well. And that's another thing. If you... Like Marvel is is absolutely killing DC when it comes to the live action cinematic universe thing, but DC actually has a lot of really good animated movies. Um, so some of them are on Netflix, or they were. I would recommend checking some of those out. But I've seen the Year One one before, and I think I've seen the no, I haven't watched the Killing Joke yet. But Year One is good, and uh, the Killing Joke I've heard is okay. The adap- the adaptation, but uh, I would definitely read the comic, and then if you are interested, check out the animated film as well so i don't know i just there's a lot of batman I'm, i i i love all those all the uh classics i guess and of course the movies are great too and I'm, i don't know i just big batman fan uh do you either you guys have any thoughts on batman or have i sufficiently covered it i mean you've you've covered it i mean i love the long halloween that's a really great pick killing joke is great uh, I will also agree with you about the DC animated films. Uh, the, it, they are a hundred times better than any real live action thing that DC has made. Um, definitely, definitely check them out. They're really good. Yeah, I, I echo those thoughts exactly. All right. Well, uh, let's, uh, Derek. Let's hear yours then. All right. Well, as everyone has guessed, uh, my favorite hero is Captain America. Um, I started reading Cap Comics at a pretty young age, and I I love everything the character stands for. I love everything he embodies. Um, just, yeah, I, I just love Captain America. Um, I'm going to talk about a couple early Cap uh, comic runs and a couple of the, like, what the more modern Captain America run. Um, so as far as early Cap goes, um, Avengers Under Siege uh, would be the first one to check out. Uh, it it uh, it ran in the the mid '60s, so this is the first time Captain America really like presented himself as a badass. Uh, he was just kind of he was kind of there, you know, and he's like this strong guy. But then um, the Avengers complex uh, it was ambushed by the Masters of Evil, and Cap is uh, captured and endures being tortured by Baron Zemo like pretty graphically for the sixties. I'm going to go ahead and say it. It was, it was a lot. Uh, and then he eventually, uh, takes down the masters of evil, uh, basically single-handedly cause everybody else was, uh, indisposed or away. And that was kind of where cap, like he just, he got a lot of popularity from that in being in the Avengers and, uh, kind of stepping up. Um, next, uh, the next run is called secret empire. And this ran, uh, at the exact same time as Watergate, which is uh, 
it was pretty controversial at the time. They actually had to come out and say that they had planned this story before Watergate happened. Uh, because in The Secret Empire, Cap uncovers a, uh, a government plot to frame and replace him. And it leads him all the way back to the White House uh, to a character named Number One. And in their original storyboards for this, they their plan was for Richard Nixon to be Number One. Huh. And they had to they had to scrap it after Watergate happened. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but it's a really really uh, good good run. Secret Empire, um, and then right after Secret Empire, it goes into um, probably my favorite uh, Cap run, uh, and that's called Nomad. And so after Secret Empire, Cap he kind of loses his faith in like the government and the whole system, and he gives up being Captain America. Um, and then he becomes nomad. So he, as nomad, he basically like pushes away all authority and everything and just goes around saving people and doing good and, and fighting crime. And he kind of like not reinvents himself, but he refine, he finds himself again. Um, and it leads him back to like, back to being Captain America. And it was just, the character building there was, was awesome. And, and that, in my opinion, is the best, like, at least early, early, like, pre-1990s or pre-2000s Captain America run, and that's Nomad. Um, So then then we go into modern Cap, and so this is essentially what you see in the movies. This has all been set up by these these three comic runs. Um, So this is how everybody kind of knows and loves Steve Rogers and Captain America, the whole Chris Evans character. Um, So it starts off with, then these were, this was written, like, 05 to about 07, 08. Uh, so it starts off with Winter Soldier. And so they take the character of Bucky Barnes, um, who was in the comics was Cap's uh, best friend growing up, but he died. And they bring this character, they bring back Bucky Barnes, and he had been a dead character, not in any comics for about 20 years. And they decided, yeah, we're going to, we're going to bring Bucky back and he's going to be the Winter Soldier. And he's this Russian agent or he's this guy who's been brainwashed and he's now a Russian agent and a super soldier. And it really explores like caps humanity and his empathy because he does literally everything he can and tries to, and gives up everything to try to find his Bucky and like, and bring him back and, and make him remember. And so that puts cap through the ringer. Um, So next up uh, that rolls into civil war. Um, and most people probably know the movie version of civil war. Civil war was one of the coolest, like crossover events that Marvel's ever done. And it's completely different from the movie. Uh, so it's cap against iron man. Um, and the story centers around superhero registration, but it's a lot deeper than that. Um, it kind of paralleled what was happening in society at the time. There was a lot of wiretaps and there was an argument about privacy versus security and that was kind of the, the central point of civil, civil War. So Cap and a lot of heroes were anti-registration because they were trying to protect their identities and their loved ones uh, because of those identities. And then you had the uh, millionaire douchebags like Iron Man who decided that everybody needed to be registered, and if you couldn't protect your family, oh well. Um, sorry. There's no, there's no there's bias no, there's in no that bias. There's there. no bias. <laughs> um, so... Um, so it ends up that uh, the anti-registration heroes are fighting the pro-registration heroes and the villains are actually joining the pro- in the pro-registration heroes to hunt superheroes, essentially. It, it gets kind of dark. Uh, and in the end, Cap gives himself up uh, to kind of like save everyone and he comes out looking like the hero and, and really the bigger man in this whole situation. Tony Stark has a lot of egg on his face, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> civil war is a, it's a great event. Uh, I really recommend reading that. So then the final piece uh, starts right after civil war and it's called the death of captain America. Um, it takes place immediately after civil war, after cap gives himself up and it's exactly how it sounds. So I'm not going to spoil how, how it happens, but cap is dead. And uh, this whole comic run explores like the ramifications of that and who steps into Cap's shoes. And it's not as easy as it seems to just replace the, to replace him. And 
that uh, was really cool to me because they, they take Falcon and they take Bucky and they take Black Widow and they all try to fill in for Cap and they can't. And it's it was very sombering. It was it's not a fun, fun comic run. I'll tell you that. But it's very important and it really builds the legend and the character of Captain America. So if you are ever interested in reading about Captain America, Winter Soldier, Civil War, and Death of Captain America are the three runs that I would recommend. So now that I've uh, talked and said all the words that I could possibly say, uh, I'm going to throw it back to Evan. All right, and there you have it. Those are our favorite superheroes. And with that, I think we're ready to wrap up this episode. So as always, we thank you for listening. And if you have any suggestions for topics in the future please just let us know um we'll have our email and our social media accounts up in the description uh feel free to contact us about discussions or if you want to talk about past discussions we'd love to engage in conversation that way as well uh we just love hearing from you guys and we appreciate uh, you taking the time to listen Uh, this is episode 10 so that's kind of a cool little milestone i guess so um yeah i hope you all have a good couple weeks and we will catch you next time